What's up, everybody? You're listening to Out of the Box Podcast with your host, D-Star. Enjoy the show! What's up, everybody? This your boy, D-Star, here with... Anthony Cooper. Better known... Hold on. Better known as Coop. Everyone call me Coop. I, 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 so, for the people that don't know you, uh, could you kind of introduce yourself a little bit and tell us, yep. uh, like, uh, where are you from and, and what do you do now professionally? Been in Madison. Moved to Madison from Chicago. Been out here since I was about 14, called a case out here. And I shouldn't even say called a case out, earned a case out here because, you know, I was doing what I was doing. Right. And then from there, you know, went to, went to the joint, um, came back home. My whole purpose was making sure that my sons would never see me back in the joint again. Once was it, I said, you know, whatever I had to do to be able to do things differently to make sure I didn't go backwards, continue to go forward. That's what I continued to do. Then I ended up eventually worked as job developer and then also been able to just you know continue to really just kind of bust through the seams and just say you know what i'm gonna change the hustle whatever i have to do so if it's anything that's positive that's what i was gonna attach myself right. to and that's what i continue to do if i fast forward some from not only my, my lived experience but then also been able to help people reentry services you know about not only placing people in jobs but then also being able to provide housing that whoever coming from incarceration also reboosting a group through the organization that I work with. That organization is called Nehemiah Center for Urban Leadership. And really, you know, not only tapping into my skills, but then also tapping into other people's skills as well and being able to show people it's possible to do something different with your life. You know, been blessed in a lot of different ways. You know, I think think for me, where I really look at one of my main blessings is seeing my sons grow and, and being the successful men that they are. But then also I was awarded pardon as well. Now here currently, um, of course, everything didn't just happen overnight. Right. So currently I'm actually now I'm also on the other side of things where actually I'm helping other people as well. Right now I'm actually on the pardon board wow. as well for Governor Evil. You know, some people kind of do this thing like, all right, I want to just let me just throw you my resume right. and blah, blah, blah. You know, those things are those things are good. Right. You know, but I really want to hit those things from my past to my future and really want people to understand that where, you know, no matter where you came from, it's still possible for you to be able to do something different with your life period, you know, and, and even though, you know, and everything wasn't easy, I had my own struggles. I, I never wanted to go backwards. I had to keep punching that paper bag and just kind of do what I have to do. And then also, you know, more importantly, and you'll probably hear me say this a million times, my sons are my angels, right? So I had to make sure whatever I did to be able to take care of them. I mean, the right way that wasn't going to land me back into the joint, you know, married and things of that nature now. But congratulations. You know, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So which is you know, definitely blessed with a good wife. Same thing with church family and things of that nature. You know, I, I didn't grow up in a church. But for me, that was also another a core balance of, of my life as well. I wanted to make sure I provided a different balance for my boys. So the other things came out of that, too. So why is this kind of work so important to you? I mean, I, I know you've had your learned experience, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of people had those type of experiences and didn't get out and go that way. Right. They did something, you know, even even if they got out and changed their lives, they didn't mm-hmm. get out, change their lives and give back like you did and fully immersed yourself into reentry and helping people. Why did you choose to do that? Man, you, you know, oh, honestly, um, like I shared earlier, my main focus was really just me trying to be the best father I could be. That was my that was my only focus. I didn't really think about anything else. 
But I think as I started to learn and expose myself to and allow myself to be exposed. So, you know, I, I don't want to say it like I just did it on my own. Like, boom, right. all right, I'm here, <laughs> you, 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 you know, and let's kind of go from there. But it was more like, all right, I need to allow myself to embrace everything that was positive, right? Even when sometimes I may have felt like it didn't always feel right. But at the same time, you know, I as I kept going forward, not only am I doing this, some of my guys who I, you know, who I got down with was like, bro, you know, man, I appreciate you. You, you know, I see I see what you're doing as far as, you know, people, I'm, I'm not at the club. I'm, I'm finna work this job, right? right? I'm going to pick up my sons right exactly. in the morning or, or dropping them off at school or working third shift and also building, trying to build businesses where I didn't really know how to, how to build business. The, I guess, quote unquote, the, the way that what most people understand it with trying to have a business plan and all right. of that. Right. You know, so most of us, as you, as you know, we like, look, we don't get this done one way or right. another. And so this, that was, you know, that was also a part of who I am. Right. So, but then also my uncle, um, California. Um, when I went to the joint, one of the, one of the things that I, I would never forget, he always he said one one thing. He said, "Look, you you're more than just the number that they get that they put on right. you, right?" So I always stood strong on that. But then also, he said he used to always send me like um, entrepreneur books, right? So it allowed me to just uh, again embrace some other stuff, right? And that's that exposure that what I kind of talked to you about earlier. But now going forward, it was kind of like, all right, well, I know I'm not the only one. Reentry is a huge topic now, but it wasn't always like that. Right. You know, it's like we always knew it was brothers and sisters that, that were being incarcerated. And so it's, it's no different now, except the fact that where people, I don't want to say people are just now getting a, having an awareness because the awareness of it was already there. But it's the whole thing that now it's more of a concern. Like, all right, well, we don't have enough of this. We don't have enough employees for these employers. I knew that where, even though when I was working a job where I'm doing, I'm helping people find employment for the state and government um, department of vocational rehabilitation, I was still able to work with people that who basically was cut from the same cloth as I was. Right. right? And so having those same conversations and saying, all right, look, all right, here's a, here's a position that I can probably help you with if you, if, if you want it. Right. So I, that created a different type of buzz for the work I was doing. But then also when I actually ended up getting landing a gig that really I think it allowed me to look at my my career path a little bit differently, too, as a national recruiter. So, again, I'm in these spaces for a reason. Yeah, right. You know, something I talk about everywhere where I go. Let's talk about purpose. Let's talk about what what your purpose is. Right. You know what I mean? The fact that even here at your crib, even, you know, from the time that we met, not really knowing anything. Next thing I get a phone call from you. You're like, man, you, you remember me, you know, you know, type of thing. I was like, ah, oh, wait a minute. Your number's in my phone. This is different. Right. right? You, you know what I mean? But not, you know, because I only bumped into you a couple of right. times. Right. And so it's it's still it's one of it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, all right, well, it was you, know supposed to, you have purpose. It right. Was supposed you're you're to supposed happen. to happen. Exactly. This is this is purpose, right? Some things that when you know, I mean, some people say that the stars align, and blah blah right. blah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not discrediting any any of that thought. That's the thing. But we had to first see what our purpose right. was, right? So I think for a lot of once I started to understand what my purpose was, I think that's what uh, even allowed me more to say, okay, hey, look, this is where I'm from. This is also what I can do. 
are you also willing to walk this journey with right. me? So if we can do that, then okay. But also people who know me know I'm I'm straight to the point. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. When I was working in the corporate sector, I couldn't be 100% myself without feeling as though I was hiding, right? Because right? I have to shut the door, you know, and say like, look, man, they're about to fire you. This is what you have to do. You know, show up on uh, on time, do X, Y, and Z. Show them that you can be better than what they think of you. Or at times where the company that I was with didn't hire a person, this is a job that we just left in a box. So I'm fighting for that person saying, look, he can do not only do this position, forget his, his, his criminal background. Let's see if this employer would take a chance because I'm willing to take a chance with him on this right. and also have those additional conversations. So, again, if I'm going backward and forward, it is just the whole thing. I start to see more of my own purpose and being able to align other people and talk about what their purpose was and also being able to talk about like, look, we all know this. We got to start somewhere to get somewhere. But how often are we really applying that to our life? Right. So that's it. can you speak to us about the role that Nehemiah plays in the community, your role in within the organization? and some of the resources and programs that they have for reentry. Nehemiah was a bridge builder, right? And that's what Nehemiah, our agency, is Nehemiah Center for Urban Leadership, has been able to be a bridge builder in so many different ways. You know, not only just reentry, but also um, working with youth, trying to make sure that youth don't fall into that same pit hole and, and, you know, that they become productive adults. But then also having conversations with their parent as well, not just on their child, but trying to see what it is that those parents want as well, which is, you know, I mean, that's a whole nother thing that is not necessarily addressed. But I will say this. We focus on the whole family all the way around the board, you know. And so when we talk about Nehemiah, especially when it comes around to reentry, it is really kind of chiming in and and doing. First thing is reentry doesn't start. Six months before someone comes right. home, reentry starts a day of incarceration. That's something that I feel like needs, needs to almost be stamped in everyone's head or hand or whatever the case may be. Um, so they can really know that, you know, this is when reentry starts because reentry doesn't just affect the one that was incarcerated. It affects the whole family. Right. And so we go in and being able to not only have the conversations to help build that person and that support for that one individual, but also be able to provide that support for the family. And one of our other programs is called Man Up. Man Up is where we're literally, and I wish actually, I'm going to make sure I connect you. We actually had a group tonight and my facilitator who I have coordinated for that group now. What's his name? Um, Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. Yeah. So I want to make sure that you get a chance to sit down and talk with him as well. And, you know, it is really being able to, deal with matters of the heart and being able to help men challenge themselves, but then also give them a space where they can say at times. Right. But also as we talk about, they may, they may say, hopefully I can say that. On you here. can't, but I'm going to bleep you out. Oh, okay, cool. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, when it, when men are thinking about giving up, you know, to know that, Hey, you have support. You don't have to give up. For one thing, but also you don't have to do this by yourself. Right. You, you know what I mean? Allow allow them to know that, hey, look, you got brothers who are willing to rock with you, really rock with you to get you to whatever that is that you need for yourself and your family. Right. right? Um, and then also we have a housing program. Currently we have four apartment buildings that where we, we have men that who are housed there 
that you know they pay rent right because wow. you know sometimes some people are something one of our houses is actually it's a sober living house but it is more targeted for emergency housing oh, so like a TLP? Or, a little bit different, but yeah, in some sense, a little, little bit different as far as the approach. But so it's emergency housing for men that have been incarcerated. Huh. Being able, so when they come home and they don't have nowhere to go, like, look, this is at least a start. And then you don't have to pay rent. You don't have to do anything either if you move into one of our houses or somewhere else. But at least this gives you that start that for many people, they definitely need it. So you're not just kind of like that couch surfing. And going from place right, to place, rough. or from chick, oh, or from chick to chick. A couple other things that we've, we've actually have uh, built in. It was a program I started where you know working with a donor to be able to give small business loans to people as well, and then so the advocacy part where we, when people have you have to go to court again, not have to, to step in that room by themselves, right. and knowing that they have some additional support, and and also knowing that they have people that who. Are connecting with them again. That goes right back to what I was saying. As far as reentry doesn't start six months before someone coming home, it starts day of incarceration. So how can we do? And then also we work on other preventative ways of being able to um, to connect to connect the dots as well. So how would one get in contact with Nehemiah and getting involved with some of the programs that you guys offer while they're still incarcerated? Because like you said, the reentry starts day one right it doesn't mm-hmm. start six mm-hmm. months how can they like contact you guys start working on their re-entry plan mm-hmm. see if they can qualify for some of these houses or say hey i know i'm coming home but i'm gonna need a place to stay i'm not gonna have a place and i'm gonna need a job i'm gonna need help finding a job so how do they get in contact with you guys do they need to be out to do this okay how does that work you know i mean we have people we have people that actually Reach out to us, you know, if not by by mail. We we typically, if someone sends us mail, we'll actually send something back to them and just allowing them, let them know, hey, look, we got your information. Let's let's talk, right? Let's talk about, you know, if, if it's by mail, right? Let's talk about what are some of the things that what you're interested in, what are some of the connections, what what is it, what are you doing while you're incarcerated? And pre-COVID, we would actually go to the prison. Right. Um, after COVID, wow, you, you know, guys are actually coming to the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, if it, you know, definitely, if it's one that we can reach to, because again, myself, I have access to inside the prison, um, and then also my team, most of most of everyone, um, has access inside the prison. One of the things is that what we really pride ourselves in is the fact that we hire people who have lived experience and who really want who really want to change their life around, or folks that who have already changed their life around. Um, similar to what you had said earlier, there are a lot of people that were feel as though that they don't necessarily have anything to give back to the very system that had pr- imprisoned them, right? And so, but sharing our stories and things of that nature with brothers and sisters, you know, and reaching out to them and letting them know, like, look, it's possible once you once you once you get out this jam, let's go ahead and try to see other ways of, of support. Um, once you are out here in the community, but also being able to give you support while you're incarcerated right now. So I know one of the million dollar questions that everybody wants to ask you right now that's listening is you said that you are on the board partners, correct? Yes. How would one go about starting that process? What are the, the qualifications that one would need to even be considered for a partner? So if you actually you go on to um, evers dot what's 
hwi.gov. And then actually there is a pardon application right there. And so once you click on that, you'll see all the, the qualifications and things of that nature for that pardon application. And once you fill out the application, you send that that information in and then go from there. Really what it comes down to putting in the legwork. But again, you have organizations like ours and also um, other organizations in Milwaukee and, and, and Madison, um, Urban League. And I'm trying to think. I think there's a couple. Of, what are some of the things that you guys look for when considering someone for a pardon? One is the whole thing that they change their life around. I think more importantly, that is really the mindset of this is someone that who who has basically earned their right to a new life, right? They're not involved in any criminal activity and things of that nature. And we want to be able to see that person, that, that they continue to make positive steps to change and what that looks like. The other part of that is, you know, is always good to be able to have things that back you up in the, in the, in the things that you're, you're doing. No one says that you have to work in the community, right. none of that. It's just the, the whole thing of being able to say, hey, this is this person, right, man or woman, right, wanted to do something, has been doing other things with their life besides what we see on this paper, on this piece of paper, right. and being able to have that as being the focus of what it is that a person does. Wow, that's so powerful. How would people get in contact with Nehemiah to get involved? Oh, perfect, man. I, I love that question. So one of the things is if want to get in, in contact with the organization, it is, uh, you just go to www.nehemiah.org. Um, that is our, our, I mean, that's our, our page. And so you can get a hold of me or other, other people that are part of our organization that way. And people that who want to get involved or donate, um, those are all things that, you know, we're a nonprofit. So those are, those are ways of being able to also be able to help or, even if you're a person that, hey, let's talk about strategies of being able to to build out, you know, to helping people find employment once they come home. Or, you know, I even I, I don't really like to use the word help. I, I like to use the word being able to um, um, partner with people to be able to um, allow them to make the right decisions, to being able to to find a, uh, employment that is, that is suitable for them. Um, I think that that's that's. That's that's a huge thing because I feel like sometimes organizations um, take too much ownership, right? The, we have to, as individuals who have lived experience, we also have to make sure we're taking ownership in what we're doing as well. So uh, my ownership is, I'm saying you're a man who's been incarcerated, your ownership in what you're doing is the fact that, hey, you're willing to show up, right? You're willing to, hey, we have a meeting, to talk about this job or to prepare you for an interview, you have to show up, you know, just like the expectation for me to show up on your behalf. So, so as for us, it's a partnership between us, you know, that partnerships become, that helps us to become family. That helps us to be able to, you know, to depend on each other. And then also to be able to, with the hope of, you know, you also being able to lighten, enlighten other people along the way about what that, you know, what is it you had to do to get to the point the way you, um, to get to what, where you're at today, right? You know, I, I just think those things are 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 huge. Um, and again, that's to me, that's just, just to me, I just feel like that's changing the narrative quite a bit. Um, for all of us, what kind of advice could you give to somebody that's incarcerated right now, 
some words of wisdom that helped you get to where you are? I think one of the main things is to say, brother, sister, don't give up, right? Even though, you know, keep a reminder that the situation you're going through is temporary. And if it's not temporary, I'm talking to my lifers, right? Because there's brothers who I know who are doing life. Know that, you know, in this situation, learn what you can learn, right? Build what you can build. Connect with who you can connect. And know that your life still means, your life still has value, right? And to know that you're, you have purpose in the community, but also you have you have purpose even while you're, you're behind that wall. Just know that you have people out here in the community who is fighting for you as well. Um, and the more, the more that you allow yourself to be open to new ideas and in new ways of being able to expose yourself to, 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 to your own greatness, Man, that's awesome, man. Thank you. Well, Coop, man, I really appreciate you coming and uh, speaking to all of us. You gave us a lot to think about, gave us a lot of information. So, um, man, really thank you for taking the time out to come and speak to us, man. Yeah, man, it's a blessing just being here, man. You know, keep doing the awesome work that you're doing. Keep spreading the good news, right? You know, sometimes when people say, hey, people think of hey, when you're spreading the good news, you have to be a part of a church sermon. This is this is a part of your church. You're preaching to to the community, right? That who you're trying to serve. And I, I'm sorry, let me say that who you are serving. So just know that what you're doing, you're finding purpose, and also you're giving people purpose. Because just like I had to learn the things that I've been a part of, those things were not always for me. They were there for me to be able to spark interest in other people, right? You know, so we live our lives to be blessings to others, right? And sometimes it's the people who. You may not think it who is actually looking at you or is looking at you. So they, the next thing, now they just develop a, a way or a thought of, hey, I need to do something else different with my life. So just keep letting your light shine, bro. Thank you, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. I'm your host, D-Star. This is Out of the Box Podcast. Until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Out of the Box Podcast, an inspiring show advocating for our current and former inmates and their families in Wisconsin. Are you interested in starting your own podcast? Click our affiliate link or Buzzsprout for all your podcast hosting needs. You can also support the show by clicking our support link in the description.